Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. This is Ben Currier here. I'm here with Travis Lochner. Travis, how are you doing? Excellent, man. How are you? I am fabulous. So, well, and people can't see it unless they're watching the video later, but I love the purple. What is it? What colors is it? Purple and pink? Oh, it's so it's red and blue, but oh. it creates this purple-ish uh, vibe um, that just has been perfect. Uh, they were actually holiday accent lights that were get, getting dusty in the garage uh, and when i started this whole adventure online um use them as decor lights and they've become like a signature uh style <laughs> those are like your colors because that's even the beast of thing but anyways you want to just introduce yourself to the world and uh feel free to uh to brag about some of the the bigger things that you've done or the things you're more proud of so when we talk about some of the failures you won't be uh as downtrodden <laughs> Oh, man, of course. I mean, it's been uh, a long road of twists and turns uh, on this adventure. I started my world uh, in the entertainment and music side of things, very uh, aspirationally wanting to kind of pursue the dream of, of being an artist, being a musician. Quickly started realizing uh, in the business context of that how difficult that is to monetize. So I had some early success, like in the MySpace days, um, lots of traction, but I was just so young to really even realize what was going on. Uh, and I just pursued the the starving artist uh, struggle for a while, living downtown, doing all the elbow rubbing and schmoozing. Mm -hmm. um, and after a certain while, there were a few key signals that uh, just made it very clear this wasn't going to be sustainable on the soul uh, or on the bank account. Um, and in that uh, adventure, I was able to kind of turn turn things towards business and entrepreneurship. So uh, I just flipped the needle, went completely to the opposite end of the spectrum and was like, what's this business building thing? What's this entrepreneurship <laughs> everybody's talking about? Um, and built, built my first business, uh, built it from startup to acquisition um, within two years. So took just a head first dive, like straight in um, and building that company in the cannabis space uh, and then pivoted into a macro level. Now that I understand how to build a business from scratch and the key element that was so valuable to it was the branding, building that brand and the community um, around the company. So from there, that planted the seed into more agency work and kind of doing that same system for other companies and other individuals. So dabbled doing that for any size company, any industry, very kind of agnostic sort of marketing agency type of vibe. Um, and yeah, that kept me busy for uh, several, several years, all the way up until the pandemic. Um, and all of that shifted, thankfully, for the better, um, which we'll get into here. But my current lane that we're rocking and rolling in is as a multimedia producer. Uh, so we help businesses and individuals produce daily content 
Mm-hmm. through a signature show like a live stream or a podcast like this um but a hundred percent done for you uh oh. and that's been our bread and butter uh most recently is just finally zeroing in on a core offer that works for high level business development and we're just cranking that baby up uh ready to scale finally now that that the the proof of concept is proven Mm -hmm. uh we've got all the roles and responsibilities lined up um all the infrastructure is there uh and that's the chapter we're in right now is building that uh media based marketing and production Mm -hmm. uh into a full-fledged service for for companies to jump into and they can just set it and forget it kind of thing Essentially, yep. So our pitch is that we only need about 30 minutes uh, from the host or the talent each week to show up, host it, crush it, uh, and then go back to what they actually want to do or actually what their real job is um, <laughs> uh, versus hunting guests down and, and bookings and editing and posting. And there's so many uh, little details in this process of content marketing Um, and it's evolved so uh dramatically since its original form of just go like post a few industry articles on your blog like (laughs) used to be your content marketing strategy now there's this like gary v uh virus uh going around telling everybody you need to post 64 uh, pieces of content a day (laughs) and like uh obviously that's like the extreme version of where things are heading yeah um but the 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 common thread and the common theme is there is absolutely value in having your voice, your face, your message, and your content out there consistently. So that's where we've kind of plugged in to the right businesses and the right mm-hmm. situations that recognize that value, but just don't quite have the infrastructure, the resources to get it out there consistently. So what would be a good nugget? pulling back from the recesses of your MySpace days, have you taken anything from there and applied it to, like, have you been noticing themes from when early social media, I guess we'll call it, things coming up again that you'd forgotten about that are like from those days? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, uh, one of the most crippling lessons uh, I had was losing everything I had built in a matter of three to six months. And I don't know if people are thinking about this on a macro level, but when you're on social media and when you're using uh, all these apps and and web-based platforms, you're relying on a third party for that Mm -hmm. audience. And this is where I look back and I think I very likely blew it. And as far as like my best chance of making it, in music was in the earliest stage when I had the most momentum, the most plays, the most, I was Mm -hmm. getting millions of plays on MySpace. Uh, But my mistake was that was the only place I built. Mm. So the lesson that I'm seeing over and over is you need to own your audience. You need to own your audience, whether it's through a mailing list or your own website or your Mm -hmm. own apps or your own community. even Discord community communities are a nice middle ground to kind of uh, decentralize that. But the risk of a lot of these folks, uh, myself included, is being so invested into one single platform that if that was shut off overnight, suddenly your life and business is at risk. 
And I know a ton of people that are in this situation with LinkedIn. Um, and I yeah. see it in other social platforms too. Uh, people just go, they find one thing in one lane they're okay at and good at. And that's a great starting point. Yes. But if that's your dependency for yeah. income or for, for your, your business or your life to maintain like a certain level or quality, you better be treating that the same way if a financial advisor treats their their portfolio. You yeah. got to diversify and reduce the risk. So if you're all in on one platform right now, think of how you can start capturing and collecting that audience in different ways. So um, yeah, cross-pollinating into your other social platforms is a nice way to kind of decentralize. Uh, we know Gabe. I say Gabe because I thought it was that it's Gabe, but he had told people. So I felt I, I've been oh, corrected no. people about that. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. So he just got banned. Uh, I have gotten banned. At least it was like a three-day ban. But I realized I can't even message anybody that I'm connected with on LinkedIn. So like if I was a B2B person who was relying on those messages and that connection being there and not having their email, their phone number, whatever, a way of getting in touch with them, I'd be screwed Yep. during that time when I was locked out. So I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And I can't, it's, you don't always realize that until you lose it all. So how, what happened with you losing everything? Was it a hard drive thing or was it myspace going to like losing a bunch of stuff or what what happened it there was it was about uh in a matter of six months or so it was mm -hmm. like a, a slow in the moment but very quick like at a macro level once you're kind of zoomed out uh and some people might be familiar um as myspace came along and was gaining so much popularity the good old Facebook giant uh, was starting to gain a lot of popularity. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube channels were also getting very popular. And then a whole slew of different music-based apps, um, SoundCloud, and then eventually Spotify. Um, mm -hmm. All of these things started popping up. And I was in the mentality of like, I, I was still a teenager, like, you, you know, A, nobody knew what the internet, like, really even was in the first place. Yeah. And then B, I had the very young, like, I didn't have, like, the software developer, like, engineer's version of, like, mm -hmm. so this is going to change the world and there's going to be internet yeah. websites and whatever. I was just like, yo, I can, like, <laughs> put my crappy music out there and, like, they love it. And, like, and, like, I yeah. get all these. Like, and graphics keep getting better. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah, I got an under construction guy digging a, a hole. Yeah, I can put, I can put, I can change the background on my profile. So it was like, uh, to me, I just thought, like, I just assumed, like, websites or apps or whatever just kind of where just exists, like, kind of forever. Once it's up, it's up. It would like be magic. there forever. Um, and yeah, was very much in like a comfort zone situation mm -hmm. of, okay, I found what works for me. And a huge piece of it was actually ego. Uh, I didn't want to reset or restart or mm. appear to be restarting on, on some platform uh, and having that zero. And I look back now and think of just like how silly that is and like how how much it seems and like i i get it um from a practical standpoint and like all all of that uh but it's because i've had to really desensitize from from all those vanity metrics the likes mm -hmm. the subscribers and followers and all of that uh so really all all that happened was while i stayed on that same single platform 
all of the audience and everybody else was migrating slowly mm -hmm. to Facebook and YouTube or building their own websites or these other music apps. Yeah. And eventually there was just no listeners, no audience <laughs> on there anymore. Well, doesn't it suck that you don't get to, it's like, what is it? From the office when he's like uh, how do you know when the good times are happening <laughs> whatever the hell it is because just like i should have monetized my website at the top of the bell curve when everybody all the traffic was there and then of course i waited till way late and then i was like oh i should make some money off this or something because uh, you know i had uh, so many people and you know that regret of not doing something when you had something that either could have went further or that you didn't you know capitalize on at the time a lot of times, I think having that experience, we might hopefully treat it better the next time it happens. Once you lose it, you you appreciate it more. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. No, your 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 sig signals and radars are yeah. All of those those things are are going off. Um. So I have yeah a very similar uh theme or pattern that I'm mm -hmm. recognizing here with LinkedIn um that a heavy portion of of my world and my traction and and recent success has been 100% yeah. because of LinkedIn so I'm going to lean into that sure while mm -hmm. it's hot um but no way in hell am I letting that slip um and and crumble uh being 100% reliant on on mm -hmm. that specifically so we've yeah. decentralized our service our product uh to be agnostic to all mm -hmm. platforms we can create micro for TikTok for YouTube Shorts for LinkedIn um so in that context we're very decentralized and then on the personal level of my own audience and community mm -hmm. um we're really focusing on that investing into decentralizing into our own crms capturing emails uh and even our discord community has been a great way to give people a home base it's it's still a third party um so there is not as much risk because you can own a private server yeah um versus a public one like a public page that facebook can shut down and linkedin and all these guys mm -hmm. so it's kind of a nice medium ground if you don't have a CRM for your business or a mail email uh, a list. Yeah, try a Discord server or community server of of some sort or those group uh, group apps. Um, that's a really nice way to at least set a foundation at minimum for an emergency or scenario of hey, my account's banned. Can we get a post? Can you share? Can you check? Mm -hmm. Like any of that type of stuff until it pops up and you need it. Yeah, um, you don't realize how much is reliant on that single platform. So if I could just hammer home that lesson of of anybody mm -hmm. that is all in on any one channel, yeah. it doesn't have to be a social media platform. If you found this specific Google search ad ad system mm -hmm. that is just working and you put in a dollar and you get out 10, like, great, amazing, like, optimize it while it's hot cash yeah. in on it but that can't be your only route mm -hmm. of marketing and your only route of getting new customers think of broadening that and decentralizing the risk yeah i'd say the three things i have that are most or there's a le the least amount of inter interruption between what i'm doing and and the end result would be the podcasting thing because that's just an rss feed no one can really get in the way of of people getting access to that i mean i'm sure there will be a way you know when there's people who own the ways people listen to it like sure, our podcast yeah. apps and stuff but still uh a website which for the most part i'm pretty much in control of but there's still some things that are in the way of that yeah. with like dns and all that stuff and then mailing list but even that you've got like the reputation and everything so i think everything has kind of got a little bit of 
of someone else involved in it. So it can be tough. So you said the best chance of making it was with you. But what, what kind of music was it, by the way? What were you doing? Uh, so this was an interesting uh, combination that I think was uh, attributing to the success. So I was hopping on the trend uh, at the time was very popular. This emo, screamo, like <laughs> skinny jeans, yep. dark black hair, like i'm sure a bunch of people just had had nightmares or flashbacks like the moment they think but uh it was extremely popular especially in the myspace scene um and i essentially mm -hmm. like my chemical romance and stuff what do we think what, are, what is a good example a little yeah so essentially taking that vibe um maybe mm -hmm. a little more even more intense uh than <laughs> those uh they're the the okay yeah uh screamo like glass jar as one i remember yeah <laughs> um but combining it with the opposite so very uh basically elect like pop electronica um okay. so like owl city like postal service like type of vibes mm -hmm. uh was about like 80 percent of the track in the song and then there would be like 10 or 20 percent like just screamo screams in it and the i think the contrast of that was really one of the key factors too mm -hmm. um that helped it stand out because as i got older and tried other different versions of, of trying to to break into something saturated you you try and do what's popular and you try and do just that one thing of whatever that one trend is and i think that combination just gave it something truly unique that probably sure maybe half of the people were like what the hell is this <laughs> but the other half are going oh my god i've never heard yeah, these two mix. things combined before um and that was the moment that I, I just started realizing like at at the simplest level um of creativity is just combining things mm -hmm. um and the best ideas and best projects we've had uh have just been combining this idea with yeah. this format just mashups or this format with this channel and like uh I used to always just think it was like you you plant like a seed in the middle of nowhere and like the idea just starts to like flourish and mm -hmm. gain branches and ideas and i'm like that is not how it works like all of my best <laughs> ideas have been like all right let's try a game show format but in a on a linkedin live stream let's take these two other great ideas <laughs> and then just take those and put them together and make a new idea Boom. Exactly. That has been a hundred times more effective than almost like the blank, the blank cursor yeah. struggle of like, you're just staring there and you're like, you think you have to think of this thing to come from nowhere. Yeah. And it's just so much more practical to think of how you can, can just shift or twist or change or combine yeah. an existing idea into your own. Well, so I'm definitely just going to pull this out of my ass because I don't know if where I read it or if it's true, but something it was something like 90% of content is not original content that's on the internet. No idea if that's right, but whatever. We'll just say it's something like that. Yeah. Heavy, heavy majority. <laughs> we keep thinking we got to be, we think we got to be in the 10% when people don't really want 10 that 10%. They don't want to be in the new cutting edge of entertainment. They want like something familiar. So taking those two things and putting them together gives them something where it's not super outside of their comfort zone. Yep. No, it's, uh, yeah. So one of the simplest ways I think to get your cre creative ideas back on track instead yeah. of starting from scratch, it's a struggle. So uh, what, 
what's the uh, vaccine, I guess, for the Gary virus? I don't know, whatever would be the the, the antidote to that mantra of just create. Because, I mean, there there is a point to creating a, more stuff, but there's also a point to creating something that's useful and not just garbage. So there's a middle ground like, yeah. where, like, people, some people shouldn't create a lot of content because they just suck at yeah. it, you know? So, like, yeah. what, what would you, what would be your blanket, like, guidance to people who don't know how much stuff to post or what to do or stuff like that? Sure. Yeah, there are two key factors that have to be nailed down for this equation to work. Uh Strategy and sustainability. And if you don't have both of those aligned, somewhere along the the journey, you are going to quit. Uh You are going to hate it. You are not going to, you're going to, Burn, fizzle out burnout if you don't have both of those in place. Uh, the strategy is finding your lane, finding your format and your channels that work for you individually. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing to to actually like work on. Like if it's a format yeah. you don't even enjoy, you're not going to be able to uh, pursue it for a, a long time. But people don't have to have the strategy right away, right? This will be something that develops over time as they try out new platforms and stuff, right? It's I I would at least have like a destination in mind of where your goal is. So on the external level of Mm -hmm. where this is plugging in, is this plugging into your business, your personal brand? Um, That one I would have figured out as soon as possible. The lane and the format, yeah, that's Mm going to require a little bit of dabbling, experimenting, try this format, try pre-recorded video, try live video, um, sort of experimenting in that context. Okay. But, so like a plane, you you have a destination airport, you have a starting airport, but there's wind and stuff you're going to course correct on the way. Always. <laughs> oh, there will be plenty <laughs> of uh, course correction. It's become part of the journey. And even mm-hmm. part of your strategy can be uh, sharing and sharing that journey while you're adapting. Hey guys. Um, so like we're coming up to the end of the first season of this podcast and I'm, I'm wondering like, maybe I should start a YouTube channel or start a video. What do you guys think of that? Like that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother piece of content and conversation thread that you can start with people. Yeah. And then they get, you get enrollment and buy-in from them as being like, Oh, I will go support you on that rather than, Oh, he's got a thing now. Maybe I'll look at, you know, look into it. It kind of gives them part of the journey as well. Yeah. It at least gives, yeah, it gives you another lane. Um, but essentially the strategy piece is to make sure there's some level of, of ROI or value baked into the equation. You're not just creating a podcast because mm-hmm. you heard you, everybody in their, <laughs> their brother started a podcast in the last yeah. two years. So you're just jumping on board. If mm-hmm. you want to say, okay, we're having struggle with high level yeah. business development for our com- commercial cleaning services. Yeah. We target industrial companies and uh, tech centers and multi-unit real estate owners. Now you have a podcast. Uh, yeah. It seems like you're differentiating between like, yeah, hobbies that, or money-making thing. Cause people can go fuck off on a podcast and, and have it be a hobby, but if you're going to expect yep. to make money on it, you can't just go, oh, I'm just going to go do this thing. You have to have like needs a, oh. a clear, clear strategy, unless you're just, yeah, burning, investing in it like a hobby. Like, yeah, that's a whole nother category. Yeah. It might develop into something else. <laughs> um, enjoy, <laughs> spend a hundred bucks here, buy a mic, go whatever. But 
Um, that's yeah. the key piece on the on on the first element is having a strategy in place, uh, and then the sustainability is for your yourself, your creative energy, your creative mm-hmm. spirit, your 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 soul. Um, it it gets uh, I guess dwindled down. It depreciates a bit mm-hmm. over time when you give your creative energy. So you need to minimize what I call creative friction. Um, so everything that blocks you from getting your ideas out or getting your project done or getting your episode recorded, mm-hmm. there's so many tiny, tiny little hurdles from yeah. literally from turning the lights on in the studio, um, mm-hmm. to, to opening up the apps, to getting the transcript and the yeah. editing. And the, there's like so many tiny details in that process. So you want to lubricate the process, systemize and, and lubricate the process, re- either remove uh, pieces that are are holding you back or mm-hmm. slowing you down, or and, and that or do the opposite. Uh, systemize and automate the stuff you're keeping and doing on a, on a heavy basis, and that mm-hmm. will basically uh, make it. The goal is make it easier to jump back in yeah. every single time, um, and that will start to get you in that those habits, that rhythm, um, and that's the the long-term sustainability you need. So mm-hmm. without that sustainability and without the strategy, it's not even worth pursuing the, that mm-hmm. adventure because you need both. Um, the keystone of any content strategy mm-hmm. is consistency. There's some people that get lucky, get a viral post here and there, but 99.9% of the time, it is those that can show up consistently yeah. over X amount of years are the ones that are winning. Oh, even the ones that go viral a lot of times. And even those, yeah, last a day. You can show, you can pluck a few. Yeah. They, they might have done a lot of things that all of a sudden, <laughs> well, I mean, like maybe it's their hundredth thing. And then that goes viral because they'd made so many other things. They could even figure out what wouldn't maybe go viral, you know? That's what people look at from the outside too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they see, oh, well, he just got a post. They don't see the last six and a half years yeah. when they were posting on Vine and then they were posting <laughs> on Instagram and then they were posting on TikTok and now they got a couple yeah. that with a, got high views and you just see, oh, look at this kid with whatever. Um, but it's almost always, yeah. if you look, uh, peel back under the hood um, of every successful podcaster, mm-hmm. um, all of the shows and like media yeah. personalities, influencers of any industry, from like very political stuff to very artistic entertainment stuff, mm-hmm. all of them have been at it consistently. Yeah. Way longer than you. <laughs> so that's the seed that I've seen over and over. And that's the core. That should be your North Star. Uh, is focusing on the process mm-hmm. to consistently create rather than the final product, which is where most people usually go to. What do you give for advice to people who struggle? Because you're saying from, you know, do do things on more platforms or try things out like TikTok or whatever. A lot of people resisted because of that follower count thing, resetting that you were like talking about that zero, going back to zero. I know. So I'm like, I just fell out of the top 500 Reddit commenters. With karma, I have over a million karma on Reddit, and then I spent like 13, 14 years I've been on Reddit, but only oh been God. only been trying to get karma for like three years or something. But I fell out of the top 500. I'm like, fuck, I got to go back and start commenting again. But you can't carry over any of your clout, you know. From we should create like a a, a meta clout monitor, <laughs> so you can see who's this person. I I just connected on LinkedIn, 
Oh my god, a multi-platform one, yeah. Are they even That's relevant? Nice. And then you could see, oh shit, they're huge. Just so I would no, I'm not making myself look like an asshole with everybody I talked to, but it is amazing how much time how much time you don't see people putting in work. And then there's really not even enough attention span to go try to find out what people have done these days. But what would you say to somebody who's like going, oh man, I've I want to start a TikTok, but I I can't go back to nothing? What would you say? Oh man. Uh Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. It's taken me a while. For- it's true. <laughs> well, you're definitely going to stay at zero if you if you don't do anything. It's yeah. It's taken me a while for those to settle in. Um, but yeah, I guess think of the opposite. If you're if you are stuck in that ego based mentality, which I do understand is hard to kind of break at. If you got to mm-hmm. chip away at it um then yeah the opposite what is it worse for somebody to be looking for you and now you don't have control of that message what if other people are now posting videos or commentary of of your world or landing on your they're landing on that page instead of yours Um, yeah or if you're bringing something useful like who's going to miss out on the stuff you would have made you know by not doing that that's one of the yeah that's been one of the biggest factors in in my journey of creation and like that I didn't even plan for at the beginning is Mm -hmm. recognizing the impact you have for somebody else to start creating. And then there's the whole like getting even like meta meta trippy butterfly, the the exponential (laughs) level of, of their impact. And I'm starting to see the, just like the first few layers of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I've only really been at it uh, in this, modern new version of content um maybe like two years uh and i'm seeing people starting their own shows starting their own companies Mm -hmm. and then that company's helping people and that show is helping other people and i'm like whoa and these are just the people that have reached out to me Mm -hmm. and said hey man uh appreciate like everything you've been doing with the shows and the templates i set this up like thanks so much yeah there's got to be twice as many that have had that impact and don't say that most people don't reach out (laughs) um and that's been like one of the just those little tiny things that just switched um and you you don't really actually realize the impact you have um with with this creation and also you never see those people it's just they're ghosts in your mind imaginary friends maybe that you can that are real but you don't know (laughs) who they are (laughs) yes oh i love it uh is there anything like historically on the subject of failure or any of you the things that you went through in the past because the last few questions are about the forward-looking present-based stuff is there anything about the myspace starving artist days I don't know I, any of that older uh, failure stuff or just even anything historically conceptually on the subject of failure before we get to stuff that's more forward looking. A hundred percent. So th- these failures d- d- were not isolated to the early years. These <laughs> failures have continued progressively um, and even upgraded in spectacular <laughs> fashion along the way. So yeah. you got to level up. In that journey, I think one of the another one of those key moments that kind of switched was recognizing the best players are the ones that fall down in practice. And this is a weird uh, was a weird concept. I always kind of thought of when I was younger in like mm-hmm. the best kids on the team were always the ones I would see like falling over in drills and sliding into the boards and into the net. I'm like, 
people <laughs> and like not fully connecting the dots yeah. that they're going pushing themselves so hard mm -hmm. that they're breaking the limits of what they can even balance or how fast they can skate and like all this so what finally switched for me was now recognizing that in the media and entertainment and technology perspective because i build lots of things that break <laughs> um, and i try to do very forward-facing things that are non-traditional and mm -hmm. very much push the limits of the technology we have so using those what from the outside looks like failures have mm -hmm. actually just been bricks foundational building yeah. blocks to keep moving up and up and up and that's how i'm able to build innovative products like a, a linkedin live stream nightclub um mm -hmm. yeah guess what nobody else in the world has done that so mm -hmm. uh guess what when you do that it's very likely something's going to go wrong or break um between the audio reactive yeah. visualizers and chat commands and gif commands and music yeah. mixers <laughs> and like all of these things that have to work in sync for it to to come together but when it did and when it does mm -hmm. it's magic it's a whole nother experience like back when you, people hear a song or hear a sound that has never existed yeah. we're doing the same with live streams with media with content mm -hmm. if you can create and push the border push the limit and Sure, you're very likely going to hit some failures and some missteps and some awkward uh, moments along the way, but those provide the foundational layer for you to take one more step. Uh, and that's been just just reframing that mentality and like mm -hmm. the, I guess, devastating level or like attachment that that's is supposedly there with failure mm -hmm. um, has just turned. I've just almost completely neglected that i've had failed yeah. businesses failed streams failed uh relationships failed mm -hmm. any category guarantee you i got, <laughs> got one in there um but the thing is most people don't give a shit yeah at all uh or even better or won't notice <laughs> you can use it as a relatability point yeah people that have gone through that and go oh shit I've mm -hmm. done through that same problem, that same yeah. dilemma, and now look where he's at. And those are the moments. You can even make it into content. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, this and this, uh, it was a real license plate from Colorado when I was living there. I had it for like a year and a half, yeah. getting more comfortable with the word and, and like every stoplight being like, oh, these people are going to look at me and judge me for being a failure because they I saw them taking pictures of my car or whatever. And then eventually I'm like, I'm not even noticing people looking at me anymore because I'm like so done with caring after you do that for, yeah. like, for a year <laughs> you know but then you kind of just get it's almost yep. like uh exposure therapy or whatever kind of thing where it's like yep. okay i've thought i've worried about that enough who cares at this point yep. like type of thing so i think it's a good way to, to think about it where you're so used to pushing either technological limits or whatever your creative limits that you don't even think the failures are are detrimental they're more like just a cost of of doing it kind of thing yep yeah no it's all, all part of the drill um, being a guest on the show, you get a get out of fail free card. So I'm going to hand this to the internet to you. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> and so get out of fail free card. You can, you have to use it immediately, but what it is, is something where you can use it for a hobby, a passion, a thing that you would like to pursue, but the amount of failure has stopped you from doing it because 
So like my example is stand-up comedy or something, but like you have to go bomb a lot. And so like the the difficulty there seems to be mm. too much for me at the moment to to go forward with. Is there something that if you had to get out of fail free car, you use it to make something more easy that you have been neglecting pursuing or just think you couldn't do as well? Uh absolutely. The vocal element, the singing a part Ooh. of music. I can produce to the moon and back uh, uh -huh. i can do every single thing any synthesizer or sound or like anything that's in my head that mm -hmm. i want to come to reality i can get it out in digital form or instrument form i cannot do the same with vocals or my voice uh -huh. and if there's a level of like pro standard that i can reach in every other category yep except vocals i can just feel a threshold or a cap and it very well might be psychological it very well might just be a yeah, training conditioning thing but that would be uh, the biggest one my advice would be find an old woman who's like a choir like a you know a church lady yes, an old choir coach. she'll give you yeah. some weird tips that we don't even know about probably anymore but you know to to get past that stuff I like I, that's just from a guy who doesn't know how to sing but also i want to do I have like a playlist of 80 songs and I said, I'm going to, I think I said it in the Chris Bogue one that I'm going to do every instrument and sing a cover of all the songs. It's like a ridiculous goal. I haven't wow. done any of it, but I do yeah. know how to play guitar and stuff and whatever. I got to get better at a lot of that stuff that you're talking about. So I want to up everything, including the vocal stuff. So I was thought about talking to some old lady and seeing if she'd do like whatever Craigslist lessons or something yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Cause the, I feel like they've got the old singing still what it was, you know, it's not like the, technology just yeah. grasps it but you got to produce it as a human body right <laughs> yes i hope so until the robots are have really yeah. caught up uh, <laughs> well it's so, because you don't have a card so what are you gonna do are you doing anything to like improve it uh not at the moment i have uh really put a lot of my music stuff to the wayside but the, the good news is uh that pendulum is finally kind of swinging back and forth where yeah. i started fully on the art and entertainment side swung mm -hmm. all the way to business entrepreneurship it's a good and way now to do it's it teetering back to the middle um where i think is going to be kind of my sweet spot of still having a practical value and function yeah. attached to that creativity versus the the traditional just artist here i am here i am uh, <laughs> much more i'm realizing i'm much more of the producer not the artist mm -hmm. um so producing that on behalf of an individual or for a company is is really a sweet spot for me yeah well i think it's great though because when you take a break from something for a while you come back with fresh eyes and stuff so maybe when you come back into the music you'll have a whole different perspective of yep. you know what's going on um and then i don't like fake it till you make it i like fail it till you nail it so what is the thing that you're going into now that you're starting that you're not sure how it's gonna you know work out but you're gonna fail it till you nail it uh TikTok. TikTok is uh, my next adventure. Um, speaking of kind of decentralizing, um, that kind of comes full circle. Mm -hmm. uh, I've recognized the value and opportunity available here in these short form platforms, all of them, YouTube Shorts, Insta Reels, uh, and of course, King TikTok is mm -hmm. not, <laughs> they ain't playing around over there. Um, and I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, a data guy, uh, that all the audience is is aging up yeah um and it would be 
They're crazy numbers. Neglectful for me to ignore it and not take advantage of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I, I just have the personal brand hesitation jumping into that format. As we were just mentioning earlier, I'm very comfortable with live stream podcast repurposing, get my like authority clips and like yep. uh, this whole process, creating TikToks from scratch. Uh, although daunting uh, is mm -hmm. going to be a new fun adventure. I've got lots of ideas and a few series um, in the works. So that's the next uh, failing <laughs> adventures you'll see me stumbling through here the next few months um but i'm excited for it so. awesome well where would you tell you I mean you can let people know where the tiktok is or whatever if you want if you have one but uh where would you send people to connect with you and and uh any kind of social media links or whatever that type of stuff yep Su super simple uh travis lochner all one word on every social um so travis l-a-c-h-n-e-r -A -A. i figured yep perfect yeah save you the <laughs> no perfect yeah so the l-o-c-k dilemma um but yeah it's l-a-c-h-n-e-r um mm -hmm. and tiktok and linkedin is where the party is at currently um and if you are a creator yourself of any category, any kind, uh, we have a Discord community for business-focused mm -hmm. content creators, the Beast Club. I'm in it. Ben is in it. We've got tons of uh, brilliant creators of all different calibers, different uh, lanes. Um, so yeah, discord.gg slash Beast Club. Uh, that should bring you straight to our invite. Uh, join the server. Uh, and we have a whole bunch of people there that will help welcome you kind of onboard you into the adventure mm -hmm. um but that's been a great way for us to uh share the journey um we all just are kind of on different levels different chapters of our journey into creation and we're starting to make it a lot more resourceful and practical providing templates resources links challenges mm -hmm. um so there's going to be more and more of that uh as we continue to grow that community awesome well yeah i'm here for it i can't wait and uh Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you uh, sharing your your good times and bad with us. And I look forward to uh, the future and all the uh, the failures I hope to witness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Likewise, man. Right. Uh, looking forward to it. Thank you I so appreciate much. appreciate it. Okay. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over 5 hours of in-depth video lessons, plus it comes along with my master workbook which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of 6 best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.